Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilting. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Taddick. Hello, everyone. Boy, do we have a fun show in store for you today. Our guest is YouTube sensation Jenny Doan from the Missouri Star Quilt Company. After that, we our Fine Finishes segment is actually sponsored by Handy Quilter. And we have a special guest. Christina Whitney is here. And she is going to talk to us a little bit about crazy quilting with your long arm. I just can't even wait to talk to her because... My mind is going. Ladies, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How about you? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how you crazy quilt with your long arm. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> You're still Me too. <laughs> I can't wait to find out about it. Ginger, how are you? Okay, guys, I'm kind of sad. Um, I feel as if I've lost a family member. My sewing machine, the foot broke last night. So no. <laughs> I'm so I was like, literally, I'd been working on a bunch of blocks. I had probably maybe about an inch and a half to go. And then all of a sudden, I like stepped on it. And it just started going crazy. Like, I could, it wouldn't pop up. And then when it did pop <gasps> up, I went to go hit it again. And it just died. So I'm hoping it's as simple as all I need is a new foot that I can plug in. Is that, is that true? Need advice? Please tell me. <laughs> I have had that happen. I am so sorry. Did you have something yes. under under the presser foot that was like that it stitched a mile on? No, well, I don't know. I don't know if it was that. Um, yeah, yeah, I did actually because it was the last part. So I was able to go and like unstitch that. And then when I went to go actually do it again, I went to hit on the pedal and it just died. There was nothing there. And then, of course, I'm like freaking out. And my husband, bless his heart, man, he like jumps on it and he's like, all right, well, I think this quilt shop says that they've got, you know, the foot because I have a brother's machine. He's <laughs> like, they have brother's machines. Made. He gave me like five places I can call or look at. And he oh, was on Amazon goodness. and all this. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I wasn't even that upset, but still. And then uh, he picked it up. And sure enough, if he shook it, it it rattled a little so I think something oh, just popped in it so I was like oh so yeah so I want to try to get that that fixed like as soon as possible because I've got like projects piling up now because I'm trying to do stuff for the holidays to give to people so I'm like oh worst time ever yes. so do besides you, that though things are good do you do you know that one time when my my dog she's now 13 um, but when she was a puppy, she actually chewed the wire <gasps> to my foot pedal. And I was so, I was so sad because it was a, it was a relatively, like, I don't think I had the machine a year and it was like my first, like, you know, investment sewing machine where I had spent a few mm -hmm. thousand dollars on it. And, um, and it was a foot pedal where the, um, how do you describe this? So the the cord actually was retractable mm. and she bit it right at the foot. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> so my husband, you know, used to be a lighting designer. So he knows his way around electricity a little bit, you know, um, gets it 
And he's so proud of himself because he went and he had like, there's some kind of a little clamp thing that you can put over a cord when you're an electrician that like crimps everything. So he goes and he gets the crimper and he does it. And then, um, yeah, you can never, ever retract that plug ever again. And he was so proud of himself. And I felt so bad because I was like, oh, Oh. darn it. <laughs> oh well, I'm hoping yeah. it's an easy fix. We'll see. So I'm I'm on the hunt today. I'm gonna try to locate a place um and see if they've got it because I've tried to even look on Amazon and I was having a little trouble finding the exact model, but the foot that I was seeing looked exactly like mine. So I'm like, all right, maybe I'll just oh, change I'm sure it and I can fine. always return it. Yeah. yeah okay. No, good. You're making I'm me feel sure better. It's fine. <laughs> you know, a lot of the the sewing machine companies have the same foot pedal for several models of machines, mm-hmm. yep. if not all yep. of them. So you yeah. should be fine. All right, good. That makes me feel better then. So yeah. yeah, so I'll feel better once it's on the mend and I can actually get in there. And this has been, I honestly, I've had this machine for, it's going on four years. It was the first one that I bought. And this is the first issue I've had with it. So I cannot complain at all. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And of course, I mean, I mean, I guess it was a good thing you only had about an inch and a half to go. So that's the silver lining, right? Well, that was just the first row. I still have like six more rows. To <laughs> but I was like so proud to get like, I was like, okay, if I do a row a night, I was like, it won't be so bad because I was like, you know, had this whole strategy that I could get it done, you know, the top done at least by this weekend. And then I'm like, no, nope, well, that's not going to happen now. <laughs> you you could have been machine quilting is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, you yeah. No, that would have been bad. <laughs> Well, you guys, I am really excited to be talking to Jenny Doan. Oh, so excited. Me too. <laughs> it's going to be fun. And I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to asking her some questions about like how she got started quilting. Yes. Yes, definitely. And I feel like we're going to probably need her back a couple more times because we all just have so many questions to ask her. <laughs> this is like another Marty That's- Michelle. We should we should yes. make a feature of like the people that and, and Bonnie Hunter, who, you know, we have millions of questions for. <laughs> we can start like a two timer club or something. Yes, you know? right? <laughs> two, three timer. After, you know? yes, after five, I love it. they get a jacket. <laughs> oh, I love there it. You go. I love it. <laughs> I want a jacket. Huh. I know, really. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go talk to Jenny and I can't wait. Well, today in our open studio segment, we are really kind of excited about today's guest. You all know her as YouTube sensation Jenny Doan. And we are just over the moon that she is joining us on Quilt and Tell. Welcome, Jenny, to the show. Well, thank you. I'm over the moon to talk to real people, so it's very fun for me. (laughs) Are you feeling cooped up? We've all been secluded a little too long, I think. (laughs) I gotta agree. Um, You know, it's funny because I feel like the world has changed so drastically in such a short period of time. And I imagine that things changed drastically for you because you were jet setting everywhere. It did. And I have to say, I've actually really enjoyed the slowdown. Uh, It's just been so nice to be home and take care of myself and, you know, uh, be able to, I, I love to garden, you know, I'm able to pick up a lot of things that I gave up because I traveled so much. And so I've actually really enjoyed the being able to be home. Or I guess having having to be home because I fill my own time up, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. How is the the town itself doing? Because I know the whole town is involved in what you're doing and everything. So how has that been impacted and what kind of things are they doing? So our town is completely shut down. We, all the stores have been closed oh. since um, February. And the miracle about that for me is that all uh, we haven't had to lay a single person off. We have about 400 oh. employees. Wow. And, um, yeah. wow, we, that's great. They have all, all of our people who worked in town were able to go out into the warehouse and work because things picked up in the warehouse. So we decided that our community was small and we're not your local quilt shop. You know, we're a destination. Mm-hmm. And so we had people coming here from all over the world. And it would just take one person um, who came in uh, and brought the, the mm-hmm. COVID with them. Yeah. And it could wipe out our community. We have a lot of Amish and that sort of thing. And so we decided to err on the side of safety. So the shops have been closed, but our online um, uh, our online business has picked up. So it's filled in the gap mm. and we're able to keep all those people, which to me, just it just feels miraculous, you know, that we yes. were able to mm-hmm. not have to let a single, everybody still has a job and we're able to keep going. So oh, we're looking forward great. to, um, we, you know, we have a, we have a soft opening planned for spring, uh, where, you know, a a grand opening, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work. If things, if COVID is still in play, however, I was just in, uh, I was just traveling a little bit. I went to see a granddaughter and we went to Moab, which is also is a little Mm -hmm. town. And the way they did it was they had, everybody has to wear a mask. It's mandatory. And they had giant bottles of sanitizer when you go in and you come out and he said it's their community has remained pretty safe so i i think something like that could work but we're just kind of waiting we haven't even given a date because we really just want to make sure that things are safe um uh for the people who come here and for our community Oh, that's good. Well, I feel like we're jumping ahead. Like, let's go ahead and go back to the beginning of the story um, about the, yeah. you know, how the town kind of became what it is. I feel bad that I jumped ahead for <laughs> anybody who's been living, you know, not on this planet that might not know your story. Um, I think I think it would be awesome to kind of hear how this all came about. Well, it's a um, it's a story I love to tell because it's as surprising to me as it is to everybody else. You know, um, it. Um, it was 2008 and the market crashed. My husband lost all his retirement and we started looking for ways to supplement our income. My children had left home. I had done a few odd jobs and, um, but I love to quilt and they decided that they would buy me a quilt machine. And if I just quilted a few quilts for people <laughs> that, you know, we could, I could build us a little nest egg and that would be something I could do. And so we started that. Then Alan decided that um, he wanted us to do me to do tutorials. And my response was, what's a tutorial? <laughs> you know, I had, no, I had no idea what that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we started doing it and people were so enthralled. Uh, they, the quilting hadn't made really made the jump online yet. And people were, if they did, it was like hands, you know, you saw some hands. And, uh, and, and the fact that there was a face attached to it, I think people kind of um, really liked that I was a real person and willing to kind of share my life and teach them something. And, um, and it's just progressed. And as we outgrew the space that we were in, you know, we were in, um, 
you know, when <laughs> it's funny, it's like, and then we brought Jake on to take care of our warehouse, which was the garage, you know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, every, everybody has those first beginning stories, you know, but we, um, when we outgrew the space that we were in, we decided to make the one block move to main street. And most of our main street was abandoned and closed and boarded up. You know, the buildings were built in the 1800s and, um, and we took one of the buildings on Main Street and fixed it up and we opened our shop on Main Street. We felt like we'd arrived. You know, we had a nice big quilt shop on Main Street and um, and we were doing some tutorials online and people started coming and fabric started selling. And um, one day uh, Sarah came to me and she said, Mom, what fabric do you think we have the most of? And I said, oh, probably Civil War. And she said, well, I'm going to buy one of these old buildings and we'll fix it up and decorate it and put the Civil War fabric in there. And so um, uh, that started and it was so fun. And it and we so we tried to start buying up all the old buildings that we could, which a lot of them, we had to locate the owners because they were, you know, they had been abandoned for so long. And um, we, a lot of them, we literally, uh, I mean, they were built in the 1800s, so they had no floor joists. They had so we literally had to start from the inside out and rebuild them. And um, we started putting every fabric got its own building. So um, we, 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 we had a batik shop and a solid shop and a children's shop and a Christmas shop and a backing shop and a reproduction shop and a floral shop, you know, and we have 13 fabric specific stores now. And, um, and they're all designed and built around that fabric. So like, for instance, the batik shop, the floor in there, we, we had to pour a new floor, a cement floor, which is mixed with blue dye. So the floor looks like water and the, the checkout counter is covered with a tile that is like sand and shells. You know, everything is built to, around that fabric to support that fabric. And so it's become a very fun destination for people to come and see uh, all the different shops and that sort of thing. And then they wanted to eat and they wanted to sleep. So we opened a retreat center. <laughs> we had to open some restaurants, you know, <laughs> it's just like, it just started kind of snowballing, you know, and, and, uh, um, and, you know, it's, it's, I say it's a, it's a like Disneyland for middle-aged women, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a, <laughs> Sounds even better. I've been to to Disneyland at my age and that. I don't want to go there. I want to go where you are. (laughs) Right. I know. I told my husband, I said, I just want to build like a giant swing set that's shaped like a sewing machine. And it has like (laughs) swings in the arm and the the needle part could be the merry-go-round, you know. And I said, can't we have like a slide from the retreat center that goes all the way into the shop, you know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, I said, I would slide on that slide, you know. (laughs) He's just looking at me like I'm nuts. But I think it's a great idea. (laughs) If you build it, they will come. Right? (laughs) Right? Jenny, what was the population before and Our population now? has remained about the same. I would say it was about um, between uh, probably fifteen to 1,800, and I think it's still about the same. Okay. Yeah, we don't have a lot of people moving to Hamilton. We have a lot of people visiting Hamilton. Interesting. So how did you get started quilting? Did you quilt your whole life or? So, so no. So I got started clothing sewing. Um, When I I joined 4-H as a young girl, as a, as a little girl, I was forever making things for my dollies. And I would, my, one of my 
um, the most horrific things I ever did as a child is that um, when I uh, discovered scissors, you know, I was <laughs> taping things, stapling things, and I, I, um, the fabric I had access to hung in my mother's closet, and I would just cut small pieces off of her clothing to make oh, little wow. outfits. Oh, no. I'm sure she loved that. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I can still see her. And I know this has, you know, been dramatized in my brain over the years, but it's like she's standing in the hallway. She's backlit with a flashlight. I can see her face. (laughs) She's holding up this garment with a hole in it, looking through the hole going, you know, (laughs) in my mind, I have this visual. It's probably not that way, but, you know, uh, she wasn't too happy about it. But then um, they did enroll me into 4-H and I started sewing um, with 4-H and I made all kinds of of um, fun things. I loved sewing. Sewing was really my love. And then the interesting thing is I was five foot eight in the sixth grade. Oh, so wow. um, by the time I was in high school, I was 5'10 and they let us wear pants one day a week. Now, if you are a 5'10 woman, you cannot find pants that are long enough for you. And so I was so glad that I knew how to sew so that I could make my own pants. And, um, and I, you know, that was when we made like um, pants and they were wide bell bottoms with cuffs and a little seersucker blazer jacket, you know, and we did mm-hmm. all the things. And so I learned how to sew and, um, and then I got really involved in musical theater. And so I loved to costume. And I kept the love of costuming and dressed um, all my children alike for many years. You know, once a child gets to be about six foot five, they will no longer wear matching clothing with their siblings. So, <laughs> that's not right. So I made it till that far. That's that's I know, right. <laughs> I, no, it's like no, I'm making you all matching shorts. You know. <laughs> yeah, they didn't like that after a while. Um, so I, I got into the costuming world, which I dearly loved because it's a whole different way of sewing. Now, as a mom, my whole focus was on, I have a lot of children. I have to learn how to figure out how to do this quickly. And, um, and so I, then costuming is that kind of sewing. It's a quicker, faster kind of sewing. It has to look good from two, you know, from, from, you know, 20 feet out and hold together for two weeks. Um, and I actually was making some quilts at the time, but I didn't know I was, So how that happened was my grandmother, her art was embroidery. And every day she would embroider flowers on a square of denim. Now, it was my job to take all the family's old pants and cut them into squares and give them to my grandmother so that she could sew these flowers on old denim. Every day she'd do them. And I would sew these um, projects together uh, and and literally, I took one apart recently for my mom. She, my mom had one, and she wanted me to change hers up a little bit. And um, I took it apart, and literally, not a single one of them was squared. They were all scissor cut. Uh, they mm-hmm. it was before rotary cutters right. or anything like that. And not, I don't know how it even came together as a quilt because no two blocks were the same size. And wow. so it was literally, it was so bizarre to me as, as I took it apart. You were but, um, I was before so- there was improving. <laughs> right. I was sewing those together uh, for my grandmother. I probably made about six or seven queen size quilts uh, out of these embroidered squares, wow. and um, and then uh, and and it never occurred to me I was quilting. That wasn't really a thing. I was still heavily into musical theater. I was an adult now. I started. I had some children. I started taking them with me to the theater. 
they don't, the theater people don't really like it when you bring children. So I became their (laughs) costumer to endear myself to them even more. And then um, we made our big move from California to the Midwest, um, which is the best thing we ever did. But of course, I went right to our little theater. We have a local little theater here and offered them my sewing services. They said they did one show a year and they didn't need a costumer. But if I really wanted to sew, I should take up quilting. And I looked at them and and I said these words, old people do that. Oh. Because I was like 37, you know, 30, Mm -hmm. 40, 40 years old. And I was like, old people do that. And, but I was so desperate to sew that I decided I would take a chance. And so I drove 30 miles to um, where they have a, a, an adult Votech school and took um, Eleanor Burns Quilt in a Day log cabin class uh, at this uh, Votech school. Now, this was so fascinating to me um, because we'd make these blocks and sh- the teacher was teaching a class. So she had a way to set them and a way to put them together. And I didn't know anything except her way. So I went home, of course, and I had all these blocks. And I was I just looked at them and I'm like, well, what happens if you turn them and a whole new pattern appeared? And I was so startled mm-hmm. by this discovery. I didn't know there were books of hundreds of ways to lay out <laughs> a log cabin. You, you, you created it all, you thought. <laughs> I did. And I was so amazed. And so I sewed it together. And then I realized that I couldn't go back to class without my blocks. So I made another set of blocks. And so um, literally at the end of the class, everybody was finishing their quilt and I had made 12 of them. I was so stunned by the way this this happened that I just literally, I I couldn't get over the what happened if factor. And so that you'll notice in a lot of things I do, that's what I do. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, this is the regular block, but what happens if I cut it in two? What do I get? You know, what happens if I add a corner here? What happens if? And so literally that has been my, um, my mantra um, through my quilting thing. So I started sewing with a little a group, a group of women and I joined a little guild and those women taught me so much and they did not love the way I sewed <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not a perfectionist. Um, to me, finished is better than perfect. But um, I, uh, they did not love the way I sewed, but they loved, you know, we enjoyed our time together and, um, and I do really miss that, you know, the closeness of those little groups. Uh, and so that's kind of how I learned to quilt. And I, I became very obsessed with it because sewing is my go-to, you know, it's, uh, you know how some women clean when they're mad? Not me. I make a whole new outfit. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That's a good way to get out the frustrations. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, so well, do you still the- do garment sewing? Uh, I do periodically. You know, it's cheaper to buy clothes now than it is mm-hmm. to make them. Yeah. yeah. But, but what I do that's interesting is that I buy clothing and then I remake it to fit me. And so... So like I will, um, like I'm bigger on the bottom than I am on the top. So there's always that adjustment. Um, I don't love big sleeves, but a lot big sleeves are in. And so I'm constantly taking the sleeves off of this one and putting them on this one, or I cut the cuffs off and make it a three quarter length and take the sleeve in, you know, I'm constantly, um, adjusting the clothing that I have. If it's summertime and I like this shirt and it's long sleeve, but then I cut them off and make short sleeves, you know, that sort of thing. I do do all of my son-in-law's mending. 
Now my daughter can sew, but he brings his mending to me because he says I do a better job, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And I like him, so, you know. (laughs) Yes. Well, and and speaking of kids, you have five kids, right? That's correct? Five? Seven. Seven. Holy cow, I was two off. How did I miss that? Oh, man. So seven kids. And then... Yeah, I'm not going to tell them. (laughs) Okay, please, please tell them I'm so sorry. Well, and I think the reason I came to five is because five of them are involved in the business, correct? Yes, five of them are involved in the business. See, I knew five was in there somewhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is that like, having your whole family? I was joking earlier before we uh, started that I I only have one kid. I was like, I'm I'm about like four kids short to do what she's doing. (laughs) So to... Uh, people always ask me, you know, how is it to, to work with your family? And I have, in all honesty, it's the best and the worst thing ever. You know, it's the, actually the most amazing, joyful, wonderful thing I've ever done. And it's also the hardest, most intense, most, uh, frustrating thing, you know, that you do. Um, the thing that is interesting is that long before, um, Missouri Star, um, I, I really taught my children how to work out their problems. I would say to them all the time, if you can't learn to get along in your living room, how are you going to learn to get along in the world? And that the most important relationships you're ever going to have are going to be with your siblings. So you need to figure this out. And, um, you know, and it, and if you're fighting over a blanket, a blanket isn't worth your relationship, you know? And so we've had these lessons all along. And so my children have figured out how to, work through so much of that stuff that, um, uh, there, there are things, there are places we don't go. There are things we don't talk about. And I have worked very hard to keep my family together. And, um, and, and we've been successful at that, I think, you know, and so on one hand, I get to work with my children every day and I love that. I adore my children. What is their reaction to all of this? Like, I guess, cause I'm, I'm thinking that this probably wasn't in their plan either. So for a long time, my son, Alan, who uh, he's one of the owners of the company, my children own it. We, I mean, I own a small, tiny part of it, but I'm the face of the company, but my children own it. And so Alan is one of the main owners. And for a long time, he was just like, no, it's just a little quilt shop I'm do- doing for my mom. It was like a little side thing for him. And, um, and then it became, it, it, you know, it got big enough that it became a main thing. And I don't think any of my children intended to work in the quilting industry. You know, we have a t-shirt that says, um, I wasn't, I wasn't born to this. It found me or something like that, right? you know? And, uh, but so my girls all sew like I do, but the thing is in a company, you need all kinds of people to run your company. So they all get to do what they're good at and they're all different things. So like Natalie is an editor of Block Magazine and she's she loves she loves words and she loves writing and she loves doing that. Hillary gets to write the stories for Block Magazine. Um, uh, uh, Jake is, was over, is over filming and editing and all that stuff. Uh, you know, Sarah's over all the construction that happens in town, you know, and so... Because it takes so many, many people, sometimes I feel like I didn't have enough children because, you know, we could have used a few more. <laughs> well, do you have grandkids? Are the grandkids coming up? Are they going to be getting The grandkids, I do, we do have about four grandchildren that work for us legally. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so two of my grandsons are on the film team and they work, they work over there on the film team. And um, one of my granddaughters is on the sewing team. And then another one works out in the warehouse and, uh, um, and she's a, she, she's cuts out in the warehouse. So 
we have several, one of, in, one of them's in customer service. You know, we have several of them that are doing um, different things. So that's great. So what do you, what's in store for Missouri Star and for you, you know, next year, let's, let's kind of project out even in the next few months of like different things that you're doing to sort of keep people at home entertained and as usual. So uh, I did my first block of the month this year and um, actually had time. You know, it's interesting because they're always, they've been after me for years to do a block of the month. And I can remember they're sitting across from my desk and they're like, we want you to do a block of the month. And I looked at them and I said, you are aware that I come out with a quilt every week of my life, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I decided to do a block of the month and that has been so much fun. So I'm currently working on one for next year. You know, we have a we have a, a Facebook group that that joined that, and um, I do a, I, I film them a tutorial, and then I get to go in on the following Thursday after it releases and do a live. And honestly, live is my favorite, hands down. I love uh, I love the people. I love figuring out you know whatever happens, whatever comes up. I love working through those things. I I you know I'm I just I'm an open book, so I'll answer any question. You know that kind of thing. So I really do love the lives. Um, and we're working on another uh, block of the month. I had one kind of ready to go, but then it didn't really float my boat. So I went back to square zero. So I'm kind of in, back in the in the rework stage. And, you know, when you're dealing with having to get a lot of fabric for a block of the month, you can't wait too long on that. So we're, we're kind of at uh, push time right now. Um, I've got several projects in the works that um, uh, that you know, aren't out there. Uh, Oh, one thing Missouri Star did that's very cool is that, you know, we started Let's Make Art, which is a sister company to us. And it's, uh, we did the same thing for watercolor that we did for quilting. And um, where we, you know, they have a teacher who teaches you, does a tutorial every week. And, um, uh, and it's, and it's a very cool. One of the reasons we did that was, um, I read the book. um, What is that? Elizabeth Gilbert book, Big Magic. Mm, I love that book. Have you guys read Big Magic? Yes. One of the things she says in there is that if you lose your creative mojo, you should create out of your element. And so I decided I was going to, I have a friend who watercolors. So I'm like, hey, can can you just come over a day and paint with me? I don't paint. I can't make a stick man. And she's like, that's good (laughs) because we're not going to make any of those. You know? (laughs) And so literally she came over and we painted and I called Al and I said, Al, we should do something with painting. He's like, I'm already on it, mom. So we've been doing (laughs) Let's Make Art. That's been going for a couple of years and it's doing very well. And we recently opened a um, uh, one big happy yarn company. And, um, mm. and I realized that, um, of the quilters, one out of every three of us mm. crosses over into the other fiber arts, yes. you know, we're either knitting or crocheting or embroidering something. We've got to have something for our hands to do. And so we've started this yarn company and, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes, you know, and we also picked up Nancy's notion. So we're working on, you know, while the, all the shops are closed, we're working on, um, a new shop for Nancy's notions. And uh, a shop for the yarn, you know, the yarn shop as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, those are some fun things that are kind of in the works uh, for Missouri Star. Nice. So is the yarn company, is that, are you going to do sort of a similar thing to Let's Make Art where there are, you know, knit-alongs or crochet-alongs? Yes, I think so. So um, 
I mean, that's a, it's, it's a successful way to do it. What I, um, of course I don't, I don't have any say, but I always have lots of opinions, and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and they'll, and they'll ask me my opinions and I would love to see like, this is a, you know, like several different faces. Like this is a scarf specialist. This is a sock specialist. This mm-hmm. is a, you know, I mean that the, the, we're doing different things and we're learning different things because I, um, uh, I love to, I could knit one stitch and so I could make scarves. And so one winter I made 37 scarves and that's, <laughs> no woman needs that many scarves. <laughs> so so uh, I decided I wanted to make socks. So I do socks really great, except when I get to the heel. And so I want to just pull up and go, how do I make a heel? How do I, how do I do this heel? I'm up to here, you know? And so I think, I think it would be helpful for me if I had, um, you know, I mean, not necessarily, I don't want to sit through three, three days of making a sock video, but this is how, you know, this is how we, we do this. And now here's your homework, go home and do this many rows until it gets to your foot, you know, measure, measure Mm -hmm. this area to this area, you know, and then next week we'll do the heel, you know, and and that sort of thing. So (laughs) I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do or how it's going to work, but I, I think that's kind of a kind of proved itself uh, to be successful. Mm. So I've I've always wanted to learn how to knit socks, but I'm afraid that I will, you know, need to buy copious amounts of yarn after that happens. Well, the problem is, is that you kind of start buying the yarn and then you feel guilty and you decide you better make something with it. So that's how I'm starting to make socks. And they say most people make one sock. (laughs) (laughs) And since my children are out of the puppet stage, I need to. <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm working on that. So I'm curious, that. are there stores um, for the art and also for the yarn that you guys have built uh, within uh, the town as well? Or is there that are. to come? Oh, no, there awesome. are. We have, a, we have a shop for Let's Make Art. We're working on the, the, the store for uh, the yarn. We would love this to be a creative community where people can just come and learn things. Like I'd love to have... Um, a, a potter. I'd love to have a jewelry maker. Mm, you know, nice. I'd, I'd love to have, um, uh, I don't know, you know, just, there's just so many different crafts out there. And I think that, I think that if, if you came to a town and you knew that you could go take a class on glass blowing, I mean, mm-hmm. it would be really cool, right? It would you be. Know? Yes. And oh, yeah. so I think quilting, quilting is a facet. Uh, but I think that for people who are creatives, a lot of times we're creative across the board. And so we're interested in lots of other things. And um, I just think the creative process. So for me, what I really love is the creative process, because that's, to me, the healing process. When people, it's not what they create, it's that they do create. Yes. And when they create, um, their anxiety goes away, uh, they, they become healthier, they have something that interests them, they're able to fun, funnel that energy and focus on things that that make the world a better place. And so for me, it's the creative part that I love. And I'm always looking for a retreat that it's like, I want to do that. You know, we all have those, those feelings. And, um, I mean, that's why we use other people's patterns and we make other people's stuff because it's something our brain didn't think of, but it stimulates our, our thinking process. And I just love that part of it. 
Well, and what's cool, too, is that if you have all of these different activities, it really does become like a family destination because everybody can find the thing that they love and go and do it. And I love that idea. Yeah, I love it, too. And it's going to be, you know, obviously it's going to take some time and, you know, and we've got some things. But like even the fabric dyeing, you know, Alan's like, I want to do fabric dyeing. And I'm like, what you have to remember, you know, is, (laughs) you know, because we had this upstairs um, building that wasn't being taken care of. I said, first of all, it's messy. You have gallons of water. People, uh, you're going to get blue dye everywhere. You know, I said, we have mm-hmm. to really think about this before you bring in lay people to dye. And um, I mean, not to dye, but to dye fabric, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and so it's like, all right, so we have to think about this a little differently because it's probably going to be a, have to be in a, a downstairs area. Maybe it's going to have to be more of an outside uh, venue you know, that kind of thing. And so it takes a lot of thought, but we've, we've got some really good people at the helm and, and, uh, you know, they, they listen to all of our ideas and things like that. And, and, uh, I, you know, I can see things happening with that, but it'll take a little bit of time. Yeah. Can I just tell you a funny story? My parents just moved from uh, the East Coast to Colorado, and they were so cute when they got there. They're like, have you ever heard of this Missouri Star Place? Because they had driven (laughs) right through there, and I just had to laugh so hard. I was like, "Uh, yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, you would just love it. You should look it up. I was like, I'll do that, Mom. I just had an interview with some people, and and they said, we didn't have any idea – who you are, but our family is so excited that we're talking to you because they have quilters in their family. Oh my gosh. So funny. Oh, I love that. Well, Jenny, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. We were so excited to have you on the show. Oh, I love this to get a little more sense of who you are and who your family mm-hmm. is. And I feel like you've given us just a little slice of, of Hamilton and your family. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Today's Fine Finishes segment is brought to you by Handy Quilter. We have Handy Quilter educator, Christina Whitney, and she's here to address the controversial discussion Crazy quilting was a form of improv quilting that my grandmother used to do with wools and silks and velvets. She worked by hand, sewing random patches to a base fabric and covering the edges of each patch with fine embroidery stitches. Some people enjoy the slow process, but Christina, you're a mom of four teens. You work full time and you made a promise to your grandmother. What does that have to do with crazy quilting in your life? Well, first of all, having four teens, my life is crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I only have the one. definition Same. of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So crazy quilting just fit in. Um, but when my grandmother, um, she was moved into a nursing home and out of her, I think it was 60 descendants, I was the only one that quilted. And so I inherited all of her quilt tops in addition to all of her boxes of scraps. Wow. um, So how many boxes are we talking? um, The pre-cut boxes or the pre-cut fabric that was in the boxes, I had about two of those. And I'm still working on those. Wow. Um, But yeah, tons and tons of just weird fabrics and... Um, I felt a little bit of pressure because I'm a very frugal quilter, as was my grandmother. So I wanted to use up everything. I didn't want to throw it away. Um, And so I decided 
one day I was just on the long arm and I didn't know what to do. And I had all these scraps and I thought, you know, I'm just going to try this technique and see if it works. And so I just kind of made it up as I went along. And I just recently did an HQ Live video and we went through the entire process from start to finish of doing these crazy quilting um, quilts. And so it's lots and lots of fun. It's just really freeing. You don't have any rules to go by. And so it's, yeah, it's just a blast to do. And you use up the scraps in the process. So it was, you know, I got rid of all of that guilt about, you know, having the scraps laying around and made a finished product. Do you think your grandmother would have approved of the process? I think she would have. Just because of the fact that I did finish it, I did use up everything, I didn't throw stuff away. <laughs> so you're going to have to explain this to me a little bit. Um, so basically, you're setting up the long arm and then adding the patches on top? Yes. Yeah, so in the past, a lot of people would do all of this work by hand. And I'm a little bit of a lazy quilter. I, I like, my time's important. Okay. <laughs> I'll be honest. Understandable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I wanted to do it a, a little bit quicker using my long arm. And so if you want to look at this video, you can find it on the YouTube channel for handy quilter. And, um, it is the HQ live from October of 2020 and it's called piecing on the long arm. And I just, I start with a backing fabric and I go through my stash and I find whatever fabric is big enough to be a backing for whatever size quilt I want to do. And I will load that backing fabric onto my long arm. And then I go through and I find my batting scraps. Because mm. I don't know about you guys, but I always end up with small pieces or even, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. large pieces, <laughs> but they're not big enough to do a baby quilt. So I use those pieces and I just lay them on top of my backing. And then I do the same thing with my scraps. I just lay them on top of the batting, just overlapping each other, and then I stitch them down. And it's all raw edge, but then at the very end, I go back and I cover up with that, that raw edge using the couching feet that we have with Handy Quilter Machines. Oh, neat. So it, it's a lot of fun, and oh my goodness, I just, I love doing it just because... There's, there's so many opportunities, so many different things that you can do with it. Oh, Christina, this sounds so fun. I just want to go to my studio right now. <laughs> we have to well, for a little bit, Lori. We have to finish the conversation yes. with her. Okay, okay. So, Lori, um, it's funny that you say that because after this video aired, the next morning I had pictures in my inbox from people that had watched it. And right after it filmed, they made their own crazy scrappy quilts and they had so much fun with it. And I've, I've had people sending in pictures over the past week or two, just showing how excited they are about this process. Two parts of it excite me. One is that it's a way to use up all those pieces of batting. I, I can't stand to throw them away and I don't make dog beds, so I wind up having to piece together batting enough for a quilt. And you're doing that without having to piece it together. You're just laying it on the backing fabric? Correct. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Wow. That'll save a lot of batting in the future. <laughs> yes. Yes. And all those scraps. How long have you been quilting for? So I started quilting about 25 years ago, I think. 
Mm-hmm. I, it was a while ago, but I started mm-hmm. long arm quilting in 2014. Wow. Nice. It, it sounds to me like, you know, it, it almost sounded intimidating to me at first because I don't have much experience long arming. Um, but this sounds like so much fun. Um, I feel like it frees you up to get used to using the machine Mm -hmm. if you're not really so comfortable. It's so true because you're just following the outline of the scraps that you're doing. And then you can go back and do like a stipple or something basic Mm -hmm. just to keep the sandwich put together. Um, But yeah, there's... There's so much that you can learn just by doing this. Uh, A lot of the quilts that I do, if I have a big piece of scrap fabric, I will go back in and say, okay, I want to practice doing a flower. And I will actually stitch a flower in that section. And that way I'm improving my quilting skills. I'm practicing. But at the same time, there's not that pressure there. I love this. I do too. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I just love the idea of like it's a really great way to get to know your machine and use up your scraps. <laughs> it is. And practice all those things without committing to doing a whole quilt yeah. with this particular design on it. Uh-huh. Right. And what's the worst case, you know, scenario? If you don't like what you did, you haven't lost anything. It's just mm-hmm. scraps. Or you can take it and cut it up into something smaller. So huh. when I what, when I first started this, my original quilt, I thought, I'm going to make this for charity. And that was my goal with doing these, is that I wanted to use up the stuff that I have and be able to benefit somebody else with it. And I'll be honest, um, it's hard to part with them after you do them, because you, you don't realize how attached you're going to get. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that, because, I mean, you're really creating something that's part of you. Mm-hmm. It's not just making, you know, put, throwing some squares together and practicing your quilting. I feel like you're putting a little more of your love into it. Yeah, there's a little bit of a thought process, but it's not the thought process of, oh, I have to cut this at this exact measurement. And if they don't fit perfectly, then I'm not going to have it done right. And then I'm going to be stressed out. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's just, oh, OK, I want to put this color by this color. Or, oh, I already had that one going that direction. I want to put this one going a different direction. So different things to think about, but still putting a lot of that thought process into it. Oh, I love this. I do, too. I think this is a wonderful idea. So, again, people can go to the YouTube channel and look up the Handy Quilter page, and it'll be the live there. Correct. Okay, great. And where can people get more information about, um, you know, Handy Quilter um, events like this that you're doing online? So we have our HQ Lives every month. And then also on Facebook every Tuesday, we have a Watch and Learn where we go through and teach different techniques. And those are put on YouTube as well. And you can also find all of this information at handyquilter.com. That is wonderful. I always have to tell people that that's handy with an I, handyquilter.com with an I in handy. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Well, Christina, thank you so much for being a guest on Quilt and Tell. Um, I don't have a long arm, and so now I don't know what to do with this um, creative buzzing that's going on in my head. 
<laughs> Tracy, I think you might have some connections that somebody could let you use a long arm. <laughs> that's, that's entirely possible. <laughs> well, thank you, Christina, for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a great time. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.